love that. Kind of get you all. <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, that God has a sense of humor, and I, I, I think he gave me the pride talk for that reason. You know, you, you need to, he gives you the topics that you, you need the most work yourself sometimes. Um, I, I, one, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about um, this place called Viridian, this church called Saints Viridian, is as, as I'm going through my walk and I begin to experience the fruit of what it's like to trust God, not perfectly, you know, make mistakes. Uh, forget, forget to renew my mind some days and I go back to the old behaviors. Um, but, but over time, you know, it's like it just, there's this building and there's this peace that comes and there's this blessing. There are no perfect families. In fact, the more I get to know people and they're willing to share um, about their families, um, the more I realize how imperfect they are and how much um, if, if you were in one of those families where you had parents who loved the Lord and, and you were protected and you managed to skate through the world without uh, any hurt, you're, you're very fortunate. Most are not. Most have experienced um, levels of abuse that are, that are very difficult. And it's, that abuse is usually rooted in, in insecurity and pride and just lack of God's wisdom. So what we do here is very important uh, to train our young people. Uh, the kind of community we want in, in Viridian where uh, we're not judging people's imperfections. We're walking alongside them to help them be different. Um, the, the, what happened, the tragedy this week in, in Florida is a good example. You know, that, that there's a young man crying out for help, and, and no, one, no one figured it out, and there were, all the signs were there um, because we live in a world where, you know, um, he was perceived as a strange guy, and no one really wanted to deal with it. So hopefully we, we can, as a church body in this place, we can work to build a community in Viridian and around Arlington that's different. Let's go to the first slide. Thanks, guys. True humility is to have the right understanding of who you are before God and man. You know, pride's what fills the void of undeveloped character. Insecurity results in pride, and 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 when when we're not developing character, when there's no organizing principle in your home, or in or even in a company, pride kind of fills that void. Insecurity, and people bow up. You know, I see it in, in kids in a wrestling program. This is one of them being baptized. Um, you know, there there the thing I see is that spirit of offense that comes from pride. And, and, you know, I as a father was offended when my kids did things they shouldn't do because it wounded my pride for my family. Wrong reaction. It's okay to feel that, but wrong reaction. These kids, the way they can always get someone to fight them at school, which gets them kicked out, is to say something about their mama. Don't you say anything about my mama. You know, and I can understand that. But it shows you that they have undeveloped character. Because they, that reaction is to fight, even though they know the consequences of that, of, of fighting. It's not wrong to feel offended. It's what you do with it afterwards. Can you control that? Um, this journey to godly character starts with the humble act of baptism. To me, this is a s symbolic of, okay, Lord, I'm ready for you to develop my character. The journey begins. And I think, I think sometimes symbolism in a family is important. So, you know, I, I'm okay with someone who says, you know what, I got baptized when I was a kid, but I really want to do that again. 
I want to do this humble act of baptism because I need to restart my journey. I've drifted from the Lord and it's, it's time to restart. So, you know, if you know, if you meet someone or you yourself feel like, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to really be sold out for the Lord. Um, it's okay to do this again. I, I think that's fine. Uh, I think it's just an act of obedience. Uh, let's go to the next slide. I just wanted to review a few things. I'm, I, I wasn't here. I listened to Mike's. He's hilarious. I listened to Mike's talk last week. Um, and there were, there were a few things I just wanted to, to review before we jump in. And, you know, knights or squires first. Knights or squires first. We, we, the, are you willing, are we willing to humble ourselves under someone else's vision? Not our own, someone else's vision to be trained before we can become a knight. And, and then people are under our vision. Uh, you know, as, as parents in a household, we're, we're, we're the knights in that, in that household. Are, are we, even as parents, willing to submit to God's leadership and, and worry less about what people think so we're not offended or hurt or wounded by what they do to us? And, the, and, and people will do some really mean, mean things at work and at school to our kids. We get offended. A teacher says something. We get offended. Uh, we want to run to the rescue, that, that spirit of offense. So I, I, I just think that um, being willing to submit to someone else's vision until it's time for, you, for the Lord to empower you to lead your vision. And that organizing principle in your household should be, hey, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. That's our organizing. We're going to filter all our decisions through, through that. Uh, this concept of God lets us choose freedom from choice, that's the law. We can be, not have a choice. We're just going to follow the law, you know, legalistic. And, or freedom of choice, meaning you choose to do the right thing from your heart. Your heart's right with God. You know, interestingly enough, the early, there's a guy named David Barton. Some of you may have heard of David. He's, he's a historian on, he's out in Alito, but he testifies in Congress all the time. All the early constitutions in this country were really short. And they consciously wrote short constitutions because they said, we don't need a bunch of laws written into the Constitution because we're going to raise people of godly character. And if their heart's right, we don't need the law. So, you know, freedom of choice is, is, I'm not worried about the law. I'm worried about being right with God. If my heart's right with the Lord, I'm going to make good choices. And even our founding fathers got that of our country. I thought that's interesting. And again, pride, pride is the eternal curse, and it's sneaky. You know, it, it gets in there. Um, it, it, with our young people, you know, going to the military, we use boot camp to be a squire. you got to go through boot camp. You know, before we give those guys rifles, we want them to go through uh, boot camp. We want to try and develop their character. I do worry some that we've lost the character development a little bit in the military. You know, uh, the language that's spoken, all those things. You know, we, we, because I wonder if we drifted a little bit. We're still doing boot camp, but we're forgetting why we're doing it. You know, the organized principle of why we do what we do really matters. Uh, get, and it's about renewing the mind and getting the heart right. So our boot camp starts every morning when we get up and, and praise God and dig into the Word. That's our boot camp. All right. Real quick, just a reminder. Next slide. The, the spectrum here is false humility. You know, false humility is, you know, you're, you're, you're humble, but you're really not willing to do it anybody else's way. 
You know, you're you're seeking God, but if somebody gives you feedback like your spouse, uh, you know, you recall from that. And 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 uh, I can't tell you how many conversations over the years uh, where uh, you know Carrie will try and gently remind me that maybe there's a better way for me to do this or react to the kids this way or. And I usually don't handle that well initially. Now, I've gotten better, right? Hopefully a little better. Uh, uh, because only your spouse will be honest with you, you know. A lot of people sometimes are, particularly as you climb the ladder of, of the world's success, people are afraid uh, to give you feedback. And we have to create an environment at our company where it's safe for people to give us feedback. And if they're not safe, Howard will do it uh, for me. So again, it's, you know, um, false humility is that spectrum of, you know, I'm not willing to submit to someone else's vision. You know, I'm, I'm humble to give God the credit, but I'm not humble to, again, to serve. I want to lead all the time. And then, of course, pride is, is on the other end. And, and the freedom is that choice thing, where is the heart right? Real freedom is, I'm not worried about the law, I'm worried about developing my relationship with the Lord. If, if I focus on that, I'm good. How you know when you're not really focused on the Lord is when you, you, you're, you're really scared about what other people think. You know, I don't want to pray for that person that God's prompting me to pray for because, you know, it's uncomfortable. Well, where's that uncomfortable feeling come from? It's not from God. So that's an indicator of where we are. You know, if, if for me, I, I would miss people a lot and, uh, on healing. It was just one of those things. I was just really had a problem praying for people for healing. I didn't know how to do it. In fact, the class we had really helped me uh, on how to pray for people uh, and, and to understand that that's important. God puts people on our path to pray for them. And if I'm worried about what God thinks, man, I'm praying. I should be praying all the time. So I know I'm still dealing with what's the world think about me. Can, you know, I could stop in the middle of. Now I've gotten better. Somebody walked in the office the other day and I, and I put hands on them. You know, right in the middle of the office, and people, you know, what's going on? We're right in the hallway. That, that tells me I'm making progress in, in that regard. All right, let's go to the, let's get to the lesson at hand. <laughs> Humber yourself and you will become the better you that you can be. So that's Paul out there learning how to race. That was pretty typical uh, of him. He's still experiencing a lot of becoming the better sailor that he can become. He's got some work to do. The Lord's working on him, and, he, and he's being humbled uh, out there on the water. I thought I'd share that with you. Too bad Paul's not here to defend himself. Did he really? Paul would never do that. Uh, Proverbs 11.2, I love this verse. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. With humility comes wisdom. We too often believe life is about our abilities, our spiritual gifts. You know, we do all these spiritual gift tests. Our talent, our personality types, who's charismatic, let's put that guy up on, on stage because he'll, he'll attract more people. And, and really, it's, it's uh, not about what we do, but, but how do we do it? How do we do it? Why do we do what we do? So humility is really where we do our work 
developing our character and our integrity. You know, when when people when we can humble ourselves to tell for, to tell our children we're sorry. I had to do that today. I've been really pushing my son in China who's getting married. You know, on a, on a few issues, and I pushed a little too hard, and I could feel, the, you know, from thousand miles away, and on the, I could I could just see in his body language um, that I'd hurt him, I'd hurt his feelings, and that was not my intent. And being humble enough to recognize that I'd hurt his feelings and being willing to say I'm sorry, I apologized then, and I apologized again this morning. Um, you know, our, our children need to be encouraged. Sometimes as dads, we just need to be quiet and let them go through what they're going to go through. That's really hard for me. So um, a good example of humility and character and integrity is when you're, when you're in a work environment and it's a competitive situation, are you willing to help that person be successful over you? You know, Howard and I talk about, in our company, trying to really genuinely be happy for our employees when they get an opportunity and have to leave because we can't offer them that. The, the highest honor of a humble company is to have people recruit people from you to go to work somewhere else because someone's recognized, man, those guys are doing it right. And so that's a whole different mindset. You know, every, anytime I ever left a company, man, you know, they felt betrayed. Um, and instead of excited for me that I'm getting to go on my journey. Um, and they helped me get there. They helped they help pour into me to allow me. And so that's, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's humility and practice when you're genuinely excited that someone might get recruited from your company instead of terrified or angry. You know, how could they leave? Look what all I've done for them, poured into them. See the difference between living on the line and living for the Lord? If your heart's right, you're, you're all about what's good for them, not necessarily what's good for you. Um, so I should be excited for Paul that he's getting trained <laughs> and, 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 and not excited that he's being dunked in the water. and looking for, That's probably not, yeah. All right, next slide, please. I love this slide. There's a lot going on in that picture. There's a, there's a lot going on. You, you, you can imagine the story that resulted in that event. You know, you can just imagine, you know, this poor guy has been wanting to ask her out on a date for months, and he's too shy. But his friend up there who, you know, he can't get her, but he's like the best man. And he's like, dude, I'm going to help you. We'll, we'll, we'll go get a flower, and I'm going to hang from this thing. And she always walks by this thing. And we're going to drop down, and, and, and we're, we're going to surprise her, and you're going to look like the big dog. You know, it's just nothing but love in that picture. Nothing but love in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and the most humble guy is the guy at the top who was willing just to help out. He didn't get anything out of it, right? He didn't get anything out of it. Pride, pride uh, makes us hold on to our stuff. Paralyzing fear can grip us 
at the thought of losing a job or the stock market collapsing if you if you've built up over a lifetime resources in your 401k plan this happened uh, remember the dot-com bust man that stressed me out I, I sat there and watched my meager 401k plan which was a lot of money to me to go completely in half that was a bad day it was a bad day um, in the 20s, when the market collapsed, people started jumping out of windows. That's how severe this can be. And um, there, is a, there is freedom. And this, to me, this is just a critical concept. There, there's, there's freedom in understanding that everything you have is a gift from the Lord. That you're just stewarding it. Your children, your stuff. And so if the Lord, because of the fallen world we live in, if circumstances are such that you lose your stuff, you don't have to lose your joy because your joy is not tied up in your stuff. Now, that's really easy to say, and it's really hard to do. So Howard and I have worked years, our careers, and Viridian's doing well, and we're, our management company's starting to generate a little profit and so now we're looking, and Viridian's going to be over in about four or five years. And we've got to find another Viridian. And so that means we have to invest in people, overhead, and search costs on another deal. And so all the chips go right back in the table. And I thought after Viridian was over, that was going to be great. <laughs> and I had this mindset that, you know, we're going we're to fill the barns, but not too full. And what I, what I realized is that I was creating anxiety. Uh, I really had was coming out of surgery and faced with this having to slide chips back in the table. Um, and I realized I was holding on to my stuff too tight. And my sweet wife told me, she said, you know, this is just stuff. She said, if, if we have to sell our house and whatever we need to do to grow the company, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And that... It, it, not that we'll necessarily have to do it, but man, that's freedom. It's freedom to know that she's not wrapped up in, in that. And she's willing to, we, we didn't have a, two pennies to rub together when we got married. I had to borrow the money from my dad to buy our wedding ring. And we were so happy in our little apartment, you know. And as long as I have her, the gift that she is to me, I think I get through anything, you know. So it's, it's pretty cool. So when, when, when you know if you're struggling with the Lord and you're right with the Lord a little bit, if, you, if it terrifies you to think that maybe you would, you would have to let go of everything you've worked so hard to create. So when you think it's, it's, it's God's resources, it's his company, it's not our company, what, what does the Lord want us to do for his kingdom? And we don't hold on to it too tight. I think that's where freedom comes from. Putting, freedom is putting our trust in his character. His principles, not our stuff, not our own security, not our why, not our not making an idol out of our spouse. You know, you're our, we're not responsible for the joy of our spouses. There, there's there should be no pride in that. We're we're responsible for our relationship with God, and the 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 love relationship we have with Him will pour out onto our spouse. But their joy comes from their relationship with the Lord. Man, that's a real different concept. You know, so encouraging each other to have a right relationship with the Lord is it's the best marriage counseling you could ever get. I mean, it's fantastic. 
Sharing the gospel and praying for healing for people is blocked by fear. We talked a little bit about that a minute ago. You know, why don't I pray for people that God puts in my path? Because I'm worried about what other people are going to think if I do that. Uh, when I really am feeling it, you know, I grew up in, in the Catholic Church, and there was such a reverence that I love about being in church. So when I, when I moved out of that into a new season in the Bible church and people were raising their hands, man, that was hard for me. It's like, you know, I can't do that. And um, some of that was tradition, and some of it became I, was, I might be embarrassed about what people might think. And it's, it's still at times, but when I'm feeling it, it's okay. They're up they go. And it's, it's such a nice way to submit humbly to the Lord for me. Um, it's, 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 it's an act of humility to just put my hands up and go, all right, Lord, I'm all yours. Uh, without worrying about what anybody else is thinking about me. Um, that's, again, another difference between you know, humility and how fear creeps in. And, and it's usually because we're, we're worried about what other people are thinking. Um, I think early on, people probably thought Billy Graham was nuts. Okay? And the Lord, if you stick to your principles and you love God and you're an attractive Christian, um, over time, you'll be exalted. Not because you deserve it, but because people begin to see, man, that's just so consistent over all those years. And, you know, Billy Graham was one that I kept expecting there to be a scandal. And it just never happened. I'm so grateful. You know, one of the things Howard and I want to do is make sure that we finish well. There's no scandals. You know, don't embarrass the Lord. When you put Nehemiah on your company name, you, you, you're a target. You know, everybody's going to watch. And we just want to finish well. We want you guys to be proud of us in a good way, that, that we finish well that we don't embarrass the Lord uh, or, his, or His name. Next slide. Humble yourself and you will reap the reward of every principle. Let the wise man listen and add to their learning and, and let the discerning get guidance. The fear being in awe of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. The humble stay teachable. Um, I know of fewer better examples than these guys. This is our inner city youth wrestling program. Um, it started about five years ago with four or five kids and me and Howard coaching. Um, and, and they've gone way past Howard and I's ability uh, to, to, to teach them or, or to manage them. Um, so we had to hire a full-time coach for them. They, we, were the, we were the bad news bears for years. I mean, our kids would go in and they'd steal everything they could find at every tournament, put this stuff in their bags, and and um, yeah, we're yeah we're not. We we were constantly having parents come up to us going, "Can you control these children?" I mean, it was and we couldn't. I mean, they were just wild Indians. Um, and and you know, over time it's changed. Now that it's the most disciplined wrestling room in the state, and yesterday. Uh, they won the um, youth club championship in the entire state of Texas. Wow. Um, one, of the, one of the young ladies is on the U.S. Junior Olympic team. She's been to Japan twice. Uh, Twelve or 14 of these kids have been to New York, Virginia, Denver, Tulsa, 
all over this year. Um, the program used to cost, I don't know, it was like five, six grand a year, and now it's about 120 grand a year. So we have corporate uh, people that come alongside and help us. Okay? But what these kids experienced yesterday was reap the reward of every principal. Now, they got a long way to go. Um, some of these kids won't make it in spite of all that's being poured into them. There's two or three in there that will be in the Olympics. I have no doubt. One of our 10-year-olds is ranked number one in the country. I think he's lost one match this year. Beat the Pennsylvania state champ in New Jersey at duels. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And they start every practice uh, running and reciting these chants that are all scripture. They don't even know it. Do the right thing when? And all the time? Do the right thing. You know, the coaches have come up with all these chants for them to memorize scripture. Okay? We need boot camp. We need training. And, and if we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord, we, we've got to be in the Word. We need training. We've got to do it. And what we can accomplish in a team environment, what we can do together here for our community is exponentially greater than what we can do on our own. How we can build each other up. And, and it doesn't take that long. I'm always shocked. But it does take a, a commitment to say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm willing to invest the time it's going to take. As opposed, and, and it may mean giving up leisure time. You know, we, we gave up TV for like 10 years. We didn't even have it in the house. Um, and then we got it back when we moved into our house in Viridian, and we're talking about ripping it out again. You know, because it sucks so much of our free time. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm a sports junkie, so the thought of pulling the TV out of the house again is painful. <laughs> All right? But wisdom and discipline. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Um, we, 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 being in awe of the Lord, seeking after His wisdom is, is the best, and Proverbs is the best, and um, Psalm 91 is one of my favorite when you're going to battle. Uh, but look what can be accomplished. Now, the humble stay teachable. You know, the older we get, hopefully the more teachable we get. You know, the more I learn, the more I learn that I don't, what I don't know. You know, we, we, we want to be unconsciously competent in our walk with the Lord. So you go from unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent. You know, to consciously competent to unconsciously competent. That's the progression we want to go through. Um, pretty cool what can, what can be accomplished. All right, next slide. And we'll start to wrap it up. Um, humble yourself and you'll experience a unique form of joy. My unique form of joy is getting to take this picture in front of Paul at the finish line. Um, I always like him behind me. No, actually, but don't tell Paul. Actually, I think he was in the lead here. And <clears throat> someone took this picture from the dock, but I thought it would be a good story to say he was behind me. Um, I, I, I think the most unique form of joy is generational blessing. How many of you have heard that concept of generational blessing or generational curse? Have you heard that? A few. Um, the, the, the scripture has a lot of, of information uh, about generational stuff. 
And it's really important that we understand what, what that means. Uh, and, and it's what we teach the kids that you saw in that picture. And, and you, you will change, you individually will change the destiny of thousands that will come after you. Do you have a family mission statement? Is it written down? If you don't, I suggest you write one. You're, and put it on the wall and make sure your kids have it and that they give it to their kids. Make a big deal out of that. Do you have a family mission statement? Have you communicated to your family who you are and what it is that you stand for? Your family creed. Your organizing principle. Every organization that's survived over 100 years that's excellent has that. And your family is the most important organization you've got. And if you haven't taken the time to write down what it is you believe and transfer that and share it with your family, you never know. You might have a brother or a sister or, or even an aunt or uncle who would be interested in your mission. It might trigger something for them. Um, the, 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 the kids we deal with in the inner city are generationally in a welfare position. And it's really difficult for them to see past that. It's the culture that they grew up in. It's an unstated mission statement in their family that they're not even aware of. If you don't have a mission statement, your kids will watch you, and that will be your mission statement. And that's not always good because we're not always the best example. You want them to aspire to something greater than your own behavior. It's critical. It's critical. Your family's heritage depends on you communicating well and passing on the tradition of loving the Lord and loving each other and letting the Lord through you pass on that love. So I, I, I think that um, your joy, your, your struggle to demonstrate humility and seeking the kingdom, your family will see that. And it's so important and it's a lifelong struggle and you're not going to do it perfectly. But write it down. Write it down. You know, the, the um, planning generationally also with your resources. You know, so many generations, you'll build up some wealth because we live in this great country. And, and it will senselessly get passed to a generation that doesn't appreciate the struggle to build it. So you have to, teaching our children how to give. So, you know, one of the things Carrie and I are working on is making sure that um, we pass our assets into a family trust with a trustee who will work with our kids. And setting, Howard and I are setting up the Nehemiah Builds Foundation to take resources from our businesses and put in there so that when we're done working, these programs don't have to stop because it's not our stuff. So if we slide it into a mechanism where the Lord can continue to use it and you can build on it and it can grow. Imagine time is a multiplier. So if you create a foundation and you put resources in it, 100 years from now, it'll be huge. Because you, you put the pebble in the water. And the ripple effect is massive. Well, when you look at the number of people that come after you, the impact that you have, you individually have, on the welfare of generations that are going to come after, it's amazing. It's amazing. Write it down. Make sure they have it. Post it on the wall in your house. Whatever. What's your organizing principle? How do you filter your decision making? Critical. Critical. And we have to be conscious of it. 
So to me, that's that unique form of joy. When you humble yourself enough to know, I'm just the steward. And if I don't pass this stuff down to my kids, um, I'm not going to experience that unique joy of watching the generations after me experience the joy I did because I was close to the Lord. Man, when we're close to the Lord, you know how good that feels? How much freedom there is in that? And I can tell you, the world's not going to tell them, tell them that. It's a struggle. I mean, we, our kids have watched Carrie and I work on this over the years, and it's still for them a struggle to make it their own. Imagine if they're getting nothing. You know, at least we can hand down these tools to them. They got a chance. You know, they're going to have resources that they can't use for anything but the kingdom work, and they're going to have a written family organizing principle, a mission statement to take with them. And our, our purpose, our sole purpose in life is what? To know him and make him known. Jesus prayed right before he was arrested. He prayed for the disciples, and then he prayed for us. Go find that prayer and read it. I think it's in John's gospel. And he, and he says, Father, they don't know you, but I've made you known to them. And why? So that the love that you put in me can be in them. So we're to know him and make him known so that the love that, that Jesus had for the Father could be in us. Man, that's my hair standing up on my Okay, that kind of love is powerful in the family. That's the kind of love that keeps you from being offended when your kids do stuff to you that just make you want to kill them. Okay? When you get to the point that someone can cut you off in traffic and you pray for them, you know you're there. That's the best test I can give you. Okay? Are you so filled up with the Holy Spirit that when someone cuts you off, your first thought is, I'm going to pray for them? Man, what's going on in their life that they're in that big a hurry? Okay? Or are you in the one in that big a hurry that needs prayer? All right. Last slide. Not, not because we're attractive. <clears throat> okay? Humble, humble yourself and you will become attractive. How do, how do we become an attractive Christian? Um, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people in need. Practice hospitality. I can think of fewer greater examples of that than Howard Porteous. Um, when we left High Fines, they, that, they, they offered Howard... And we didn't remember when we left, we didn't have any, you know, we had, we didn't have any money to start a company. We started a company with a thousand dollars. When we left that company, they offered Howard $250,000 if he would stay and not come. And we didn't, we didn't have any business. We didn't know if we were, what we were going to do. And, um, Howard said, no, he said, um, it, it's not, a, it's not about money for us. It's not what we do. What we do. There's a, there's power in that. When you can say no, there's power in that. And boy, the Lord's covered us up because uh, we, there's, there's no greater brotherly love. Man, he's the best brother I've ever had. I hope for you that you have someone like Howard in your life. Man, crazy cool. And we lift each other up. You know, when I'm having a bad day, he's, he's lifting me up. When I'm doing something crazy, he's telling me. Um, it's, it's been an incredible 25, 30-year journey 
uh, with this man. And, uh, you know, he's got the keys to my house, the clicker to the garage door, access codes to the safe, the, the, the trustee, when the, you know, whatever. Um, and because I know he loves the Lord and he loves me. Man, that's powerful. It's just, it's really cool. And because of how he loves me and the way God loves us, man, we, we, we can do some really cool things together. And the Lord, I think, trusts our heart now enough to give us more resource to do it. So, pretty cool. So, you, you know, humility is a great place to be, and it's really hard to stay there. It requires that renewing of the mind every day. Um, all right, I better wrap up. Sorry, I went over a little bit. There, uh, uh, I really enjoyed reading Paul's book, Kingdom Principles. Uh, next slide. If, if you, um, it's got good stuff in it. That's where this series came from. We're wrapping up the series. Um, so if, if you want to, you know, if you want to dig in deeper into some of these principles, um, you, and, and he's a Brit, so you got to dig through his brain and how it works. But um, uh, it took me a while, um, but but I, I did really enjoy it, and I thought it was worthwhile. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your Son, who showed us the ultimate example in humility, and left the security of being the king, with you in the beginning, being overseeing the entire universe and kingdom and made himself fully human and, and just took a beating for us. You know, the grace that we received came at a cost, Father. We, we see that. We recognize it. So, Father, we, we pray that you can guide us as we let go of our insecurities and grab onto you. And we're humble enough to pray for others. We're humble enough, Father, to, to know that we're always a student. We've never arrived. We don't know it all. And that we need to shepherd our families together, seeking you first. Father, we hold on to that promise that you're going to add all the other to it if we'll just seek to you. So we, we thank you for Paul and his teaching that he allows us to share. We thank you. We pray safe travels for him, Father. But most importantly, Father, we just, we just thank you for the gift of grace and the gift of humility so we can develop our character in our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.